Well, greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I am your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is our first episode of the year 2020. I am happy to have Libby Klein as my very first guest of the new year, and uh, we're going to talk to her in just a few moments. Uh, But uh, first, I wanted to remind you that just like in 2019, in 2020, Wrong Place, Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, mostly at the darker and grittier end of the spectrum. If that sounds like your bag, then go to downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. All right, uh, I want to tell you uh, that I have had the pleasure of meeting Libby Klein in person, and she is funnier than hell and very pleasant to be around, and I was super excited to have this conversation with her. Uh, This was supposed to be an open and shut episode, which means it's somewhere between 8 and 15 minutes, and we talked for almost 40 minutes, and it was very difficult to get the, the conversation down to even what it is for you here today. Uh, just because she had so many interesting things to say, and it was uh, it was fun. Uh, and let's let's get right to it. Let's talk to Libby Klein. Well, hello, Libby, and welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So you write the Poppy McAllister mysteries, which earlier when we were talking uh, before the show, I asked you what you call them because I I wrote down the Our Murder series, which is nearly as catchy. Right. (laughs) But you know what to ask for in a bookstore. And of course, people who work in a bookstore, they they could probably find the right book if they just knew the R, not just the Our Murder, because they're that good. Hopefully, hopefully. Otherwise, you can go in and say, I want the pink book. (laughs) <laughs> well, we're talking cozies here. You you are a cozy author. At least these books are cozy books, which is a, a little bit of a departure for, for this program. Uh, I think uh, we're usually on the darker end of the spectrum, but not always. Um, and I think pink books are probably a little more common in cozies than they are in noir. Probably. I don't think pink is a big noir color. Unless it's being used ironically, I guess. Right. She walked into a bar wearing hot pink and a fluffy shawl. That's not noir. Uh, You know, I read some of your work, and one of the things I was immediately struck with, actually, the very beginning of the very first book, is you have such a conversational tone uh, in these books, or at least in the first one. Does that continue throughout the entire series? Is that your style? That's definitely my style, but mostly because I'm not smart enough to write literary. I pretty much write the way I talk. It's like me dictating my life to you in a book. Yeah, anyone who knows me when they read my books, they say, oh, my God, it sounds just like you. And I'm like, what a coincidence. Well, tell me uh, about Poppy McAllister. Who, who is she? Well, Poppy is a plus-sized middle-aged protagonist. So what that means is she's a chunky gal in her 40s. (laughs) And that is not as common as you would think, even in a cozy mystery. Most cozies like to focus on a 20-something-year-old who's gorgeous and has her life all together. And since I didn't have the slightest idea what that was like, I went with the chunky (laughs) 40-year-old. She starts out in a dark place because she is recently widowed and... Her life has taken some turns that she didn't like and wouldn't have planned on. But, you know, every choice we make, 
whether good or bad, sort of leads to a whole new set of options for us and closes doors that we might have liked to walk through. Only now here we are, and in your 40s, you have to make decisions on what you're going to do for the rest of your life. So she's in a bit of a middle-aged funk when we start out. And she gets uh, an invitation to her high school reunion, and then her girlfriend sort of tells her that this is happening. We're going to go back to Cape May, where we're from, to go to that 25th high school reunion and face off against the bullies who tormented us. Something that my high school friends were delighted to hear that I was writing about. Why is that? Uh, There is some, not truth. I have to be careful how I say this or I've got lawsuit written all over it. (laughs) There are a lot of themes in class reunions or murder that are very familiar to me. They're very personal. I wouldn't say that it's a true story. It's definitely fiction but it's something that is very close to my heart and being bullied and having no friends in high school that you wanted to have. You're not popular. You're picked on. You don't get to do a lot of the things that you would like to have done. That social caste system that's very alive and well in high school um, can set the course of your life. And it takes a really brave, smart person to break out of that and say, I don't care where you've put me this far, I'm going to forge my own path. Well, Poppy didn't forge her own path until late in life. So she's a very late bloomer in the living your dreams and taking life uh, and making it what you want to make out of it. So when we start class reunions, she's just uh, starting to make decisions that are going to form the rest of her life. She ends up back with her great aunt Jenny in her hometown of Cape May where she has a lot of bad memories from growing up. And when she goes to the high school reunion to face off against the bullies, one of them ends up dead in front of her old locker. And then the other one arrests her for the murder. Oh, wow. One of the bullies is now a police officer? Yes. There's something else that's a little bit different about my series. In a lot of cozies, the police officer becomes a love interest. It's kind of a way for your amateur sleuth to get little tidbits of information about what's going on. I went 180 degrees in the other direction. My police officer is a former cheerleader who used to bully her and still has a chip on her shoulder. So she's getting nothing. She's not getting help from the police at all. If anything, they're gunning for her constantly. So you almost went the more the uh, hard-boiled or noir route when it comes to the police uh, detective relationship? Well, it's definitely not the typical cozy romance relationship. Now, you mentioned in that description another character that has a pretty large support role in your Poppy McAllister series, and that is Aunt Jenny. Oh, Aunt Jenny is a huge, uh, huge force of nature who takes over just about every scene that she's in. She is Poppy's great aunt who's somewhere around her 80s. No one knows how old she really is because she won't admit to it. And she is just living life on her terms. She lost her filter a long time ago. And she feels (laughs) that at her age, no one has the right to tell her what to do, what to wear, what to say, that it's her life and she's going to live every day like it's her last. 
So we met at Left Coast Crime in Vancouver, and I went to one of your panels, uh, which you're very good in front of a of a, a group. Oh, you're thank probably, you. You probably do well at your uh, book events, I'm guessing, as well. It's mostly just me rambling nonsense, and the people who go <laughs> along with it like me. <laughs> well, it was a very friendly room. Uh, but one of the things I, I recall was there were a couple different questions uh, about Aunt Ginny. She seemed to, to really resonate with your, your readers and is kind of a fan favorite, I'm guessing, from, from the reaction I saw. Is that true? Absolutely. Most people, their favorite character is Aunt Ginny. And I think it's because she gives you that feeling that you can do anything you want, no matter how old you are that life is what you make it. And you don't have to feel like your later years are going to be sitting in an easy chair watching soap operas, but you can be in your 80s and go wakeboarding and take boxing lessons and go salsa dancing. Uh, That plus she says what everyone else is thinking. So she's not politically correct. If there's something snarky that she thinks, it's going to fly out of her mouth and nobody can stop it. And she's usually the voice of reason and the voice of chaos all wrapped into one. Oh, that's nicely put. I like that. You talked about this first book really centering on somebody facing, you know, their past, a past that had, you know, bullying and marginalization into it. Do you think those are themes that a lot of people can can identify with? I know that many of us were bullied in high school or college. It seems like a very small percentage of kids had a a fabulous high school experience. A lot of us are bullied. A lot of us are belittled. Uh, You're not, you know, pretty enough or skinny enough or handsome enough or strong enough. You didn't make the football team. And I know that the 80s was a, a very, very violent time for bullying. Um, I've been told it's not as bad today, but. Is that your era? Is that when you went to high school? I did. I, the class reunion for Poppy is the 1980s, and it's sort of hinted at that it's 1989. But uh, the writer went a few years earlier. So, yes, I am right in the middle of the 80s is when I graduated. And plus, I grew up in a beach town. I mean, a lot of kids would come to school. Uh, board shorts, tank tops. Girls would come wearing bathing suits and uh, little shorts because after school they have jobs or they're going to be in the ecology club going down to the beach. Teachers have side jobs where they're going to be running stalls on the boardwalk or they have an ice cream shop. And so they've got to get out of there once the season starts to go start their second job. So it's a culture that was geared towards being fit to be in a bathing suit because you live your life on the beach. And this girl was not born for a life on the beach. Uh, I have two settings, freckle and burn. And uh, (laughs) I was born plus size. So there was nothing that was going to make me fit in with this culture. I mean, nowadays, I think kids embrace more of a, this is me. I'm here. This is what I look like. I'm short or I'm chunky or I'm blonde or I have blue hair. It's me. Accept me or don't. But in the 80s, we didn't have that. We had sort of the after school special life of I'm desperate to fit in and I don't. And so I'm miserable. And uh, kids, I think, are smarter today about that, where they're just not going to let anyone tell them how they have to be. But the 80s generation and the 70s generation, we definitely had a lot more angst, I think, happening. 
Well, I, I graduated in 86, and I can definitely attest to that. And I, I don't think that John Hughes would have made The Breakfast Club if that wasn't true. So, <laughs> I mean, he definitely knew what high school angst was. And any of those 80s movies with their music montage scenes, it's very, very realistic for what it was like growing up in the 80s. I'm from South Jersey, and it's a very big South Philly sort of influx of people. So that's the culture. Most of the year, the island's residence is about three to 5,000. But in the summertime, it grows to about 50,000. Holy cow. And a lot of people who are tourists come from three major areas. They come from Quebec, they come from New York, and then the majority come from Philly. And they call it going down the shore. Mm-hmm. When you're from South Jersey, your culture is Philly. When you're from North Jersey, your culture is New York. So South Jersey, you're rooting for the Flyers. North Jersey, you're rooting for the Devils. So it was a very big, the, the dialogue, the cheesesteak, hoagie, water ice. When I first turned in my very first manuscript, my agent who's in San Diego had to look up half the words. She was like, what is a water ice? That can't be right. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's a thing. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, uh, you are now my favorite cozy writer if you weren't before because i'm a diehard flyers fan from the mid 90s so cool hockey Uh, is the only sport that i follow and that's from being from growing up in south jersey and mm -hmm. uh rooting for the flyers when i first moved to north carolina years ago for a couple of years we tried to teach them hockey and they thought it was another word for spitting (laughs) well i would love to sit and talk hockey with you for an hour but i don't think anybody else would listen so i guess I'll, i'll pull it back toward crime fiction. And I'll ask you what, you know, you are writing about a very, I think a very serious theme in, in bullying and marginalization and midlife crisis. Um, And yet you, you put it in the form of a, of a cozy. What drew you to that subgenre? Did you consciously choose it or is it just the way the story came out? Well, I didn't start out with the plan of being a writer. So I didn't say I'm going to write a book and I'm going to pick this genre and I'm going to write about this subject and I'm going to make a series. I started very different where I had stories rolling around in my head and I wanted to get them on paper. And there's a lot of dark themes, but the humor is like a snowball rolling downhill. The more you pressure Poppy, the funnier she gets. And so while we start out, she's pretty depressed and, you know, she's having a midlife crisis. She just gets funnier and funnier. And then Aunt Ginny takes over the scene and brings so much just chaos and things that you wouldn't ever expect to come out of her mouth or things that she's involved in just constantly take you by surprise. That when I was finished writing the series, I had a cozy. And One of the things that I like about cozies, a cozy is a very good mystery. It's solid. It's, it's, it's just as engaging as any hard boiled detective or thriller, but a cozy has certain rules where there can't be any language. There can't be any sex on the page. There can't be any violence. They're very Agatha Christie where 
you walk in and oops, a dead body. You don't see somebody stabbing a dead body or stabbing a body a hundred times. You actually walk in and see there's a dead body. And you it's a very light amount of description of what's happened to this body. So you don't go into detail about, you know, wounds and blood and splatter patterns like you do in, say, a darker mystery. I was very drawn to the cozy format because I didn't want to write heavy violence or language. And I didn't want to have to write sex scenes because that's something that you can start out not wanting to write sex and a publisher can say, we want sex. Well, in a cozy, you will never have to worry about reading or writing sex because it's a genre Mm no-no. So I was very drawn to the rules of cozy. But as far as the content of, of class reunions or murder and then the series that followed, that's pretty much how my mind works. It's kind of a circus. It's like I start out wanting to write a scene. And by the end of it, I've got the little wind up monkeys with the symbols just kind of like clamming around. I don't know. I don't start out thinking, how crazy can I make this? I think I've got to get from point A to point B. And somehow it just goes off the rails and gets funnier and funnier as I go along. That is such almost the opposite of a lot of people's process where they think about, okay, how do I put my protagonist in danger what obstacles can i throw in front of her it sounds like you're like you're like all right i gotta get to from point a to point b and i hope that i don't screw it up you know by letting other stuff happen to her along the way and then that's exactly what happens in you i mean if aunt jenny is going to be involved i don't have to put her in danger because aunt jenny brings danger with her (laughs) and i mean poppy is not a willing uh sleuth She's not somebody who says, oh, I'm going to be an amateur sleuth and I'm going to solve crimes and, oh, I'm going to figure out who done it. So far, there are five books to the series and she has not once wanted to be involved. Her hand sounds like it is a little bit forced in the first book, being as she's a suspect. And that is typically how a cozy mystery series begins, because a cozy is an amateur sleuth. They're not someone who works in law enforcement. So many, many times the very first book in the series, either they are the prime suspect or someone they love is the prime suspect or it happened in their place of business. And they're forced to have to get involved, whether it's to clear their name or so they can open their business back up or keep their loved one out of prison. That's almost always how a series begins. But if you've got someone who's going to be a prime suspect in every single book, they are the most unlucky person (laughs) And really what I write, while it is cozy, I have been told many times that my series is a blend of cozy mystery, romance, and chiclet. So it's kind of got several elements going for it that are not just in a typical cozy. There's a lot of issues that you don't find in a cozy like elder abuse. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, bullying and fat shaming and body acceptance So drug abuse, there's a couple of books that deal with drug abuse and sex abuse in teenagers. So, I mean, there's a lot of issues that I have that even that wasn't planned ahead. Gee, what issues can I put in my cozy mystery? I really wrote my book first and then found out that it was a cozy and this is where it's going to fit in a bookstore. I think that a lot of genres are kind of determined by bookstores and publishers But as a writer, you just need to write what you love. I agree. 
write the story. It's going to be as long as it is. It should be. It's going to be exactly what it should be. And, and, and that'll be the honest story you're trying to tell. Absolutely. People are always asking me um, for advice on their work in progress. And then they'll tell me I'm writing this theme or this genre because it's what publishers want. And I can tell you, I fell into publishing by accident, but the number one thing that got me published was my voice. It had nothing to do with the quality of the writing. I can tell you that right now. I mean, my agent makes me look way smarter than I am after she edits my manuscript, the punctuation. I can't figure out where a comma goes to save my life, but they want a fresh voice. And I think Mm -hmm. they want someone that readers are going to embrace and identify with your protagonist. And other than that, you can write any story you want. Don't, you know, if you're trying to figure out what's next in publishing, what's the next hot thing going to be. If you don't absolutely love what you're writing, your reader can tell. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the soundest advice you can give somebody not write what you know, write what you love. Definitely. Um, Yeah. For sure. So along those lines, uh, what's what's next? What's the next uh, book for Poppy McAllister? So we have three books on the shelf now, and uh, they are very funny, and they are getting more complicated mysteries as we go along. But the fourth book to come out in the series launches New Year's Eve, and it's called Theater Nights Are Murder. And it is hilarious. It's fun. It's funny. There's enough chaos and craziness in it to keep you flipping the pages. And what's happening is the Cape May County Senior Center has finally agreed to let the seniors put on a musical they've been asking for. And they've chosen Mamma Mia. And when one of the participants of the musical dies in a stage accident, It is ruled accidental suicide. It is not ruled murder. But the characters in my series, I have a a wild pack of hooligan senior citizens that Aunt Ginny runs around with. She calls them her ride or die girls. We call them the biddies. And the biddies are determined that this was death. Not this was death. That this was murder. And they are going to investigate So while the biddies are sneaking around, breaking into offices, investigating what they are sure was murder, Poppy, the protagonist, is just trying to keep them from getting hurt. She's trying to keep them out of trouble. And that is out New Year's Eve. So uh, by the time this uh, show airs, it'll be freshly available. Everybody seems to love it. Knock on wood. So I'm very excited. I can't wait to see the reception it gets when it officially launches. Well, the book is Theater Nights Can Be Murder, part of the Poppy McAllister Mystery Series by Libby Klein, and it is available now. Libby, I want to tell you thanks for for coming on the show, and I wish you good luck with uh, Theater Nights uh, Are Murder, and we'll probably be seeing you down in San Diego for Left Coast Crime. Absolutely. I can't wait. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. All right, folks, there you go. You can probably see what I mean when I say that uh, she's a very interesting person, very funny, nice to be around. 
definitely check out Poppy McAllister books from what I've read so far. Uh, Pretty hilarious and a very unique and fun to read voice. Next episode, we are going to talk to Anthony Award winner, among other awards that she's won, uh, Lori Raider Day, uh, another super cool person that I got to meet at one of these conferences. That's next episode on Wrong Place, Right Crime. A quick Zafiro update for you. It is January. January is a big month. My second Spellcompton novel, In the Cut, is coming out on the 27th. It is available for pre-order now. Uh, and A Grifter Song Season 2 has kicked off on January 1st, starting with Eric Pruitt's Gone Dead on You. Uh, you can get Eric's story all by itself, or you can subscribe to A Grifter Song and get the entire season uh, at a discount. And it also comes a little early, before the first of each month, And you get a bonus subscriber-only episode uh, that I wrote this season, and I can tell you that there will be things in that episode that will shed new light on some of the things that happen in the uh, other six. So it's well worth having the bonus episode. So those are the two big things going on in my world, other than the fact that in December, while we were on hiatus, uh, we welcomed my granddaughter Harriet Francis Uh, to the world. Uh, She is fine. Mom's doing well, and Dad is quite proud. Uh, So uh, welcome aboard, Hattie. We're glad to have you. I want to say thanks to Libby for coming on the show and being uh, so cool, to Down and Out Books, as always, for sponsoring, and to you, the listener, for coming on this journey with me and making it worth doing. Next episode, Lori Raider Day. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes... You gotta be in the wrong place to write crime.